There's nothing more that we could add to the conversation that hasn't already been said. So we'll just get right into our Detroit sports that we know and love. And first off, we got a little bit of big news going on because yesterday the NFL stated that teams can start returning to their facilities in limited fashion. And the Lions stated that they plan on returning next Wednesday on June 10th. But again, that's being in limited fashion with holding, still holding majority of meetings being virtual. So Jimmy, do you think it's the right time for everyone to head back to the facilities or do you think they should just keep doing the virtual thing for now and or just again see let people back in and kind of see how it yeah i think they're doing the right thing it's to clarify players are still not allowed to be at the facility coaches mm-hmm. will also be staying away so i guess it's just staff i don't even know who's gonna be there maybe cleaning crew maybe it guys so mm-hmm. that's the way to do it is a stepwise procedure and then just see how it goes but it's great news to see this starting to happen and it bodes well to hopefully have a full NFL season this year. Exactly. It's one step closer to getting back to normalcy. And again, kind of sets a precedent for other teams, the other leagues to start setting forward like MLB, who has kind of been very stuck in what they're going to do and talking about pay cuts and uh, disagreements with players. And they're on, I feel like they are on two completely different wavelengths with their players and how I feel like they're not even close to getting to a season. But again, I haven't been following baseball too well to know exactly what's going on. But same with the NHL. I've heard a few proposals, but I haven't heard anything significant towards moving the season back to finishing it all. Yeah, it's fascinating that MLB is still not really close. They don't have an agreement. Time is ticking. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the summer's already here and is going to be going away. And when the NFL resumes, they are the ratings monster, and they will destroy any other sports and TV ratings. Yeah, exactly. We're already, what, two, yeah, we're already two months supposedly into what would be the MLB season right now, so it's amazing to see that they are kind of almost a complete standstill. Again, same with the NHL, but that's topic for another day. Yeah, and the, they announced that the Lions will do training camp at Allen Park. All the NFL teams are required to do training camp at their facilities. Mm-hmm. So what that means is no inter-squad practices this year. The Lions were heavily doing that in the yeah. Bob Quinn era and Matt Patricia era. Last year they did it with the Texans in Houston and did it with the Patriots uh, here in Allen Park. So I think that's a little unfortunate for fans who might have liked inter-squad practices. I don't know if you ever went to one. I haven't been to one, unfortunately, but they do look like a lot of fun. And again, it's kind of fun. I know players really enjoy them because you play... I I know the season's going to be a little bit different, but normally in a normal offseason, you play against the same guys, all training camp, all OTAs, everything. So once you get to see a different opponent, players really enjoy that energy and enthusiasm that they get from those practices. Yeah. And Lions have used that as a way to scout other teams, too. They've ended up signing players from the teams that they played against like a year later. So mm-hmm. this is a little bit of a downer for the Lions, a little bit of a negative because the Lions were heavily invested in doing that in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there. I know there was already rumors of talking about them doing it with the Patriots again this year with the yeah, Belichick and everything. So I'm sure they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. But next up in the sports world, we've got a big topic and the Again, talking how the NHL and MLB have come to a standstill, the NBA has actually finally come to an agreement and agreed to terms to finish its season. It's going to be a 22-team, eight-game play-in tournament. So basically teams that were within six games of the eighth seed will have a chance to fight for a spot in this untraditional playoff format. 
And I think we can all agree that we're excited to see sports come back. And again, talking about how this sets a precedent for everything else, especially with the NFL going forward. But do you think that this is kind of the best approach? And also, how do you feel that the champion of this entire thing will be viewed in the future? Do you feel that 10, 20 years from now, the NBA will just consider this like an asterisk season? Or do you think this will just be people will view it as a regular season champion as normal? Well, as far as the championship legacy, I don't think it's going to affect it too much. Uh, they played most of the regular season already, right. and it sounds like they're going to be doing full best-of-seven series, so they're keeping an entire playoff format. So mm-hmm. 10 years from now, I don't know if anybody will care. Yeah, But I have a couple takeaways as far as it relates to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main thing is it's exciting as an NFL fan because – the NBA is ready to get going, and this increases the chances that the NFL season is going to happen. Right. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised that the NBA isn't planning to start until July 31st, though. Yeah. Uh, that's two full months away, and it seemed like they would have tried to ramp up a little bit earlier. From an NFL standpoint, it would have been nice if they open up earlier just to give the NFL a little bit more of a lead time to see how it goes so Mm -hmm. the NBA can work out any kinks and get things sorted out and the NFL can learn from that. As it is, training camps are already opening end of July. The Lions' first game is September 13th, so the NBA only has about a six-week lead time over the NFL. Now, another interesting thing is, as far as the NBA, it seemed like they would want to have started earlier because, as it is, they're going to they're planning on the end of the season, potentially going all the way to October 12th. So they're going to be competing with the NFL for a full month. Mm-hmm. And October 12th is a Monday. So we got Monday night football, Chargers at the Saints that day. And wow, I'm really surprised that the NBA is willing to go head to head against the NFL, which has just crushed the NBA in the past. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember like a year or two ago, they had an NFL replay game. So it wasn't even live going against a live NBA game, and the NFL just crushed it. So unless the NBA wants to get crushed in the ratings, I don't think they can schedule playoff games on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be interesting to see how just the ratings play out. Because as you said, same with baseball, depending on how how long they play their season out, it's especially if they have no fans, once football season cuts, that's... That's so much revenue automatically gone just because there's football players aren't going to be able to get all that money. But again, I'm just curious. I think the reason they're waiting so long for the whole two months thing is one, I think they do want to kind of see again how this whole COVID thing plays out. I know it seems like right now everyone's just kind of forgotten about it and things are slowly getting back to normal, but they just kind of want to give it a little bit more time to play out and just to be safe with it. And also, I think it's time to get their players a little bit of a heads up and get a little bit more in shape. Again, I'm not sure on the rules of, like, since I know they're all going to Orlando and I know Florida is pretty much completely open, I'm assuming they're all going to have access to normal training facilities and their trainers and team doctors and stuff like that so they can get back in normal shape. But I think that's one of the main reasons they're giving them a little bit of leeway. Yeah, maybe. I'd be curious to know the real reasons why they're waiting two months. As far as being in shape, players have no excuse. I mean, these guys have workout facilities in their homes. They they have lots of money, especially the superstars. They all have home gyms. Mm-hmm. They have basketball courts in their houses. So there would be absolutely no excuse for them not to be in 
great shape day one right now exactly and these are professional athletes we're talking about who have been playing sports and been working out their entire life so these are if anyone these are the type of people you'd expect to stay in shape and keep their body yeah and if they're not in shape it's their own fault exactly yeah i'll be following it very closely from the medical side just to see if there are any major setbacks or issues so it's going to be really fascinating to see how it goes with how they're going to handle all the testing if uh, there's Mm -hmm. a positive result and then to see how it goes, because if there is a major setback, that hurts us as NFL fans because right. it, it might affect how the NFL season is going to play out. Yeah, we've discussed this on previous episodes, kind of seeing how if, again, if they start playing and everything goes back to normal, if one player who has been playing in the last five, six games test positive, how that's going to have a ripple effect if they keep playing. If they have, again, we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out and what's going to transpire. All right, so the last thing on today's topic of discussion we wanted to talk about, there's um, supposedly Jamal Agnew has been in the wide receiver calls a lot with some of the offensive players, and there's been a lot of speculation that they're going to be switching him to more of a wide receiver type role instead of a defensive back, which is what he's been classified as since he's been drafted. Even though he's been more of a special teams, he's even been an all-pro on special teams. So do you think that this is them actually transitioning him to a more permanent like offensive role? Or do you think this is them just involving him again, just to be using him on offense more often than he was before and still kind of keeping him that more special teams type player? Generally, when this kind of thing happens with a player and they're changing positions drastically, usually it's a last ditch attempt to save their career. <laughs> it means he failed as a cornerback. He failed as a DB. And it's not like we don't need a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Every team needs a good cornerback. Sure, our top three cornerbacks are fine, but we could easily use a fourth and fifth cornerback. Mm-hmm. So he failed in that way. He has played some offense in the past with the Lions. So he may take on the same role as McKissick did last year, which is some of these gadget plays. And mm-hmm. the Lions have had success with this kind of these kind of plays in the past with Golden Tate. Back when Jib Bob Cooter was still liked around here and was very successful, which I don't know if people remember, he, he was mm-hmm. early on. Yeah, He really utilized Golden Tape very well with these really quick screen passes, reverses, end arounds, just for these getting space plays. And it really worked well with Stafford. So maybe Jamal Agnew can take on that kind of a role for the Lions. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because if he is classified as just a wide receiver, personally, I think our wide receiver group is already extremely deep with obviously our starting three, Jones, Galladay, and Amendola. And then again, we've talked many times. We have Marvin Hall back there. We signed Geronimo Allison from free agency. We got Travis Fulgram, who, again, who hasn't really had a chance to prove himself we drafted. And then now we have Jamal. We, there's still other players we have. Yeah, we got Cephas in yep. the draft this year. Yep, I, I totally forgot about him, Quentin Cephas. Yeah, so we have an extremely deep wide receiver room. So if he's yeah. trying to transition permanently, I think that's going to be a very, I think it'll be difficult to make the team in that form. So that's why me personally, when I first started hearing this, that's why I didn't think he's going to be permanently a wide receiver because again it's going to be harder to make the team in that i think he's still going to be listed as either just a db or a special teams but i think they're just going to be using him more on offense instead of like permanently i think he's still just going to be a special teams maybe an occasional maybe just again just a backup cornerback in case we 
somebody gets hurt because it's always good to have backups. But again, it's going to be interesting to see how what they do in training camp, I guess, with him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they are able to use them. Now you look at the Chiefs who own the Super Bowl. They're a model franchise in their ability to use these small, fast players like Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill and Nicole Hardman. It created an explosive offense. And Jamal Agnew is that kind of a player. He's small, he's fast, explosive. So maybe if uh, they get creative with their offense, it put, maybe optimistically he could bring something to the offense, a big play threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. that's one thing you can't deny is his speed. He has that extreme explosiveness to just break through a hole and outspeed everyone on the field. So he does have that elusiveness and speed to be a good offensive player. But again, I don't think that he can make the team in that type of capacity permanently. All right. Well, today was just kind of a little bit of a short update episode. We're going to be back on Monday with our normal full-length episode and full-length discussions. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in today, and we'll see you again next time.